Hey, what's up, everybody? Joe McCall, REI In Your Car, Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. I say this is REI In Your Car, but I'm not really driving, but I'm using a little microphone on my iPhone as I'm recording this podcast because I just wanted to talk about something interesting and very important for y'all and this will be a short little podcast. I'm going to be talking about the importance of making offers and how to make simple cash offers to sellers, even in this hot market right now. We're in a hot market. There's a lot of sellers that are selling their houses quickly, above asking price in days, right? It's a crazy market. We haven't seen this maybe ever. And people are really kind of wondering, oh my gosh, what do I do? How do I make offers? And, you know, every you know, every place is different. You're going to make offers differently in California than you are in South Dakota, right? But one of the things that I've been getting a lot from from students that are bringing me deals, because I buy deals, I lend on deals, I partner with people on deals. And by the way, if you want more information about how to partner with me on deals and how to use my money to buy your deals, go to partnerwithjoe.net, partnerwithjoe.net. It's a 30-day program. I teach you how to find and flip deals in the fastest way possible. I teach a simple wholesaling strategy at partnerwithjoe.net. So go check check that out. But anyway, I've been getting a lot of offers lately for me to look at. And, you know, I, I feel bad for telling these students that they're not good deals. But I'm also super proud of them that they're actually making offers. Like, the first thing I say is, well, man, okay, congratulations for submitting the offer anyway. Like most people never get past that. People get stuck and they like get paralyzed in analysis paralysis, you know, but you are making offers and that's awesome. So don't get discouraged if your offer is really off. Uh, But I wanted to just kind of give you guys a quick tip on how to make your offers. And this is really easy. It's, It's intimidating to a lot of people, but it's not that hard. And I want to kind of demystify it for you on this podcast. And let me also say something else too. I've been doing some YouTube videos about this stuff. And so if you are interested in kind of hearing more about this and actually watching me do it, like watching me make real offers to sellers or watching me evaluate deals and stuff like that, go subscribe to my YouTube channel. I have a lot of good videos and I've been doing a lot more videos there on YouTube kind of talking about, you know, watch me. Uh, talk to a realtor, talk to a seller, talk to a buyer, make this offer. You know, I'm doing a lot of trying to do more live demonstrations on YouTube. So I hope you can appreciate that and check that out. So what's the number one rule in real estate? Make offers, make offers, make offers. It's not location, location, location. Location doesn't matter. Make offers. That's the most important rule in real estate. Now, sometimes when you're in this business, you know, it's a little hard. I'm, I was just working with my son today. Um, we're making offers on vacant land, right? He's 16 years old and he's helping me with my land business. And the reason I like land for him is, you know, land is a lot simpler. Vacant land, there's not as much emotional attachment to vacant land. It's usually one or two hours outside of any city. So it's like rural vacant. And we're making ridiculous low offers. And so we don't even talk to the sellers until we make an offer on their property. Um, so anyway, it's been really good and just working with him and he's doing some slide dial voicemails to people after we send them an offer just to remind them to look for it, etc. And uh, one of the things that we get are these really angry voicemails from people backs, you know, 
completely upset that we would make such a ridiculous lowball offer. And I can tell he's kind of nervous. You know, he, I don't like those voicemails, and he doesn't either, but it's just the way it is. And he said, well, he asked me, like, what percentage of offers get rejected? Most of them or some of them? I said, well, most of them. He said, like, what? 90? I said, 95% at least. And so that's just normal. And I want to tell you this, too. When you make an offer, if, you're, if you haven't made somebody mad by 12 o'clock, if you're doing a lot of marketing and making a lot of offers, if you haven't made somebody mad and yell at you by 12 o'clock, you're not marketing hard enough or you're, mar- you're not marketing enough or your offers are too high. When you're making an offer to a seller, and I'm telling you guys, for houses, land, for cars, whatever, if, you're not, if you don't have this like sick stomach feeling in your stomach, like, oh my gosh, this is going to be offensive. This is going to be, they're going to be so mad at me. Then you're offering too much. Okay, you're offering too much. Uh, we're not we're not in the charity business here. This we're we're not a nonprofit organization. We are a for-profit company. We are in this business to make money, to feed our family, put food on the table, right? To bring home the bacon. That's why we are in this real estate investing business. And so we're not out there to try to get as many offers accepted as possible, right? Like if you're getting more then 5 or 10% of your offers accepted, I would venture to say you're probably offering too much. Now, I had recently some students bring me some deals. One person in particular, God bless her. I mean, I was so happy for her and proud of her that she was actually attempting this and trying to make offers. But she was making offers at 90% of ARV, of the after repair value. And so even if the ARV was more like she would go to Zillow and Redfin and Realtor.com and PropStream Joe and and look to see what the estimated values of the property was and they would average that. Even if that number was higher than the current price that they were listing it, she would use that number as the ARV, the higher number, and she would multiply that by 90%. And sometimes her offers were exactly or just a little bit above or a little bit below the asking price the seller was asking. So she thought she was getting a good deal. So she submitted two deals to me to look at, and I was like, wait a second. One particular property, it was listed for 136. Is that right? Yeah, it was on it was for sale by owner for $136,000 in Florida, small town in Florida. And I said, all right, and she got another contract for 125. So it was listed for 136. She got it under contract for 125. Now let me ask you, is that a deal? No. Because now, all right, you're gonna have to resell that deal. Let's say you got it under contract for 125. You mark it up, you should be trying to get $10,000 wholesale fee on all your deals. So if you mark that up to 135, is that gonna be a deal? What do you think the wholesaler is going to think when they're looking at that? I mean, your, your end buyer, your cash buyer, your rehabber, your landlord that buys that deal from you. What are they going to think? They're going to say, oh, well, they can see that it was listed or maybe it still is for 136 and you're trying to sell it for 135. That doesn't scream a good deal to them. Okay, not at all. Um, and I've seen some students do this too where it looks like a really good deal. You know, the seller has it advertised for 115, 115,000. So they offer them 115 because it's such a good deal. And they expect then that they can go ahead and turn around and mark it up five or 10 grand and sell it quickly because it's such a good deal. Well, the problem was it's been on Zillow or Redfin or the MLS 
for 60 days at that price. So it's not a good deal. If it was a good deal, it would have sold really quickly. So this particular house, we looked at it, and the ARV is not 136, it's not 140. It's, you know, it's maybe, on this particular house, you know, the ARV is about 125, 130. But the seller for sale by owner was still asking above that. So what do you do? Well, there are two methods for making your cash offers, and I wanna just explain this real quickly here. And I, I dive in a lot more detail on this in Partner with Joe, in the 30-day Partner with Joe class. By the way, it's only seven bucks. Go get it, partnerwithjoe.net. Anyway, two methods. Number one, you take the ARV or the after repair value of the house and you multiply that by 70 or 80%, okay? If you're in a really hot market, like maybe Denver, Nashville, Southern California, do 80%. Most of the country, you're at 70%. Yes, even 70%. Yes, even in this hot competitive market we're in right now, okay? Trust me on this. You may think, man, I'm going to lose so many deals. Well, yeah, and you're also going to stay out of a lot of bad deals. Do not compromise your minimum criteria on deals, okay? Everybody should have written down, like, if you're doing a buy and hold, fix and flip, landlord, rehab, whatever, you should have written down your minimum criteria on deals and you should never veer or, or um, veer from that, okay? So 80% if you're in a hot market, maybe 85%, but like that's pushing it. Like you have to have really solid buyers to be do it 85%. Most of the market, you're at 70%, all right? ARV, now how do you determine the ARV? Real simple, I just take the average of Zillow, PropStreamJoe.com, um, Redfin, Realtor.com, ePraisal, if it's ever working. You know those different websites that give you values, okay? Take the average of those, and that's a good ARV to start with. Just going to get you in the ballpark. Times 70%, all right, minus repairs, minus your wholesale fee. I'll repeat that one more time. Write this down if you're, if you're, unless you're driving. But ARV times 70%, minus repairs, minus your ARV. That's the age-old, that formula has been around since the 60s or 70s. It's called your Mayo formula, maximum allowable offer. Some people I've heard complain about that. Oh, that doesn't work. That's so old-fashioned. You know, okay, it does work. It's a, good, it's a good formula to use because it figures in some profit, some equity some, for some room for error, for contingencies, right? And uh, it gives you room to be able to sell that contract to another rehabber or somebody else that's going to to buy the house. Now I'm gonna give you a simpler method here in just a minute, but that is a very simple, powerful, and effective formula. Let me say one other thing too. If you're dealing with low-end, cheap rental properties, like, you know, let's say you're in the Midwest, in Indianapolis, or St. Louis, or Kansas City, that formula does not work for homes that are typically under $100,000 that are just rental properties, okay? The reason why is they're really, it's too hard to find the ARV, quote unquote, of a house that is $50,000 that only landlords would buy. That Mayo formula of ARV times 70% minus repairs minus fee typically works best in the median price range. So in the Midwest, that would be like $100,000 to $250,000, maybe $100,000 to $300,000, okay? That's where it's, that's going to work the best. It also will work, you know, if the if the median home price range in San Diego is seven hundred to nine hundred thousand dollars, it still works there, kind of for the most part. But you would just adjust the percent instead of seventy percent, you'd use eighty percent or something like that. Okay, makes sense. All right, now 
The second method for calculating a cash offer, which works for these cheaper rental properties and works for any type of home, and this works especially well if the property needs updating. If it needs a lot of updating, this is a good way to do this, all right? It's real simple, real simple. Write this down. Take the average of the three to four, maybe five. Take the average of the lowest three to five sold comps times 80%. All right? Real simple. And I like to use PropStreamJoe.com. Go check it out. 14-day trial, PropStreamJoe.com. I use PropStream every single day. It's worth every single penny that I've paid for it for years. So you can pull up a property. It's, you click on the comps button. You can see the comps. Make sure you're looking at the mile radius. You know, you're looking with a plus or minus 15, 20% of the square foot. It's sold in the last year. It's really easy to do that right inside there of PropStream. You got a table there of your comps, and you sort that table by price. So you see the cheapest ones at the top. Look at the lowest, four or five, okay? Average them out. Just get a calculator. Average them. Multiply that by 80%. Now, if you're in a really hot market, again, like Denver, Nashville, San Diego, you know, maybe then multiply that average by 90%. Okay? Now, again, you're looking at that thing, and oh my gosh, the seller is asking 300000 and these calculations, I come up with 175000 They'll never accept that. Yeah, you might be right. I don't know. But still, doesn't mean that you should offer what they want you to offer, you need to offer what makes sense to you. You need to offer uh, a number that you know you can take that property, turn it around, and sell it quickly to another investor. Now, whatever number you come up with, whatever formula you use, and it could just be as simple as you ballpark it. You look, okay, well, this properties in this neighborhood sells for this. Um, I know if I were to advertise this property, you look at the actives, you can say, all right, well, I can probably sell this really quickly and easily for 160. I'm going to go in and offer 150. It could be just as easy as that. But whatever number you come up with, always look at that deal from the perspective of your end buyer. What number would a landlord be interested in that house? What number would a rehabber or another investor or whoever, what number do you think that house would sell for? So if you're going to offer... $100,000 on a house, and let's say you then you turn around and you start marketing that contract for a $10,000 assignment fee, or you mark the property up to $110,000, okay? You need to go look for what else is for sale in that area. And if you see a bunch of properties that are listed for sale for cheaper than yours, well, that's probably not going to work, right? So you always got to look at your active comps and your sold comps. Does that make sense? So I hope that helps. I just wanted to kind of give you a simple groundwork, framework, lay the ground. What's the word of phrase I'm looking for? You know what I mean? Simple framework for making cash offers on properties. It's number one, congratulations for making the offers in the first place. And, and you know, what's the number one rule in real estate? Make offers, make offers, make offers. And your speed to income is directly proportional to the number of offers that you make. And it's okay, it's normal if 95% of your offers get rejected. I would rather you see you get 100% of your offers rejected, okay? And maybe once a month you get one or two accepted and you get some really good smoking hot deals than a bunch of mediocre bad deals. You do not want bad deals, okay? <laughs> that sucks. That's worse than having no deals, trust me. 
Having bad deals is way worse than having no deals. So you don't want bad deals. I'd rather see you not make any money than lose money. (laughs) Okay, you understand what I'm saying? So don't beat yourself up if you get so many sellers mad at you for your ridiculous lowball offers, okay? They're going to come. If you keep at it, if you're consistent with making offers and following up with sellers, you will start getting some offers accepted. Just don't quit. Don't quit. Don't give up. All right? Go out there and start making some offers. So number one, just congratulations for making offers. Number two, if you're not feeling like that sick pit in your stomach, then you're probably offering too much. So always offer a number that you can look at from a buyer's perspective maybe and see, okay, this would be a good deal to sell. This would be a good number to sell. I know I'm going to get some people interested in this. Then just offer 10 grand less than that, okay? The other important thing here, I think number three to understand is never compromise on your minimum criteria. So if you've decided, all right, I'm going to do 70% of ARV, or I'm going to do 80%. Like, don't ever go above that. you got to stick to your rules. The other thing in summary, I think, to end up with is... Um, oh, yeah, I remember what it was. Okay, here it is. Ready? You've got to have buyers. you got to know what your buyers would be willing to pay for these properties. I get a lot of deals submitted to me, and I don't know if they're a good deal or not. I have no idea what the ARV of a four-family is in a neighborhood that is super old. There's a bunch of run-down, beat-it-up, beat-up, boarded-up houses, vacant lots in the middle of the worst part of the city. Like, I have no idea. I, I do know that the investor who owns that property bought it two years ago for 130. Now they're trying to sell it for 180. But you go to Google Street View, and I know that area, there is, it's a bad area. There's nothing. Maybe it's on the future path of progress. Maybe eventually it'll get regentrified or whatever. But like, man, I'm not even going to try to figure out what the ARV of that place is or what the repairs are. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get on the phone and I'm going to call every realtor and every investor that already does business there that has already bought properties there, that has already rehabbed them or fixed them and flipped them or whatever. And I'm going to call them and say, hey, I think I got a deal. I just need to know what you would be willing to pay for it. Or Mr. Realtor, I've got a deal. I can see you you helped a client recently buy or sell this house over there. Do you think you might have any clients that might be interested in this thing? I'll pay you a commission. You can represent me if you bring me a buyer for my deal. Okay. Simple as that. So it's so much easier to shop for what buyers want than to sell them what you have. If you're, if you try to just guess it, and that's you know, if that's where you're starting from, fine. But it's going to be harder to just sell a deal, get the deal under contract, and then sell it later to buyers. That's always a harder way to do it. So you need to find your buyers first. And if you've got a potential deal, you need to get on the phone immediately and start calling all the landlords and other investors that you know in that area, other wholesalers that you know in that area. And say, hey, I think I got a deal here. Do you want to partner with me on it? I'll pay you something if you bring me some buyers. What would you pay for it? What would your buyers pay for this property? That's going to make everything so much easier. Does that make sense? All right, I hope that helps. If you want more information, by the way, on how to work with me, I suggest that you go to partnerwithjoe.net. Partnerwithjoe.net. And uh, check out that page. You're going to get a free software I created to help you come up with these cash offers. It's super simple. And I'm going to give you a 30-day course, real simple lessons every day for 30 days that show you the fastest and easiest way to make money in real estate. 
and um, how I can partner with you on deals potentially and how I can lend money on your deals as well. So go check it out. It's just seven bucks. Partnerwithjoe.net. Partnerwithjoe.net. And I'll see you there. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.